0: kept my uh, old professor uh, at Harvard to come talk to us today, but I want to set this up a little so you know the importance of this discussion. Okay, so Graham Allison uh, was the dean of the Kennedy School uh, at Harvard when I attended, all right, when they allowed me in, which was a huge mistake on their part. I think it was a clerical error. Anyway, I showed up, and I didn't know Graham Allison, but I met him, and he did a really good job at the school. And that's coming from a guy who's very skeptical of pinhead professors. So subsequently, over the years, I've followed uh, Dr. Allison's writings, and I think he is the best expert on China in the world. Now, Russia, I don't know, but he does, obviously, the Kennedy School uh, is deeply involved with studying what's happening with Putin and Russia. Now, many Colleges these days don't have academic discipline, but Harvard does. All right. It may be crazy socially, and it is, but they are analytical. All right. And it's it's likely outcomes. So if I do a paper that's full of speculation, I get a D. If I do a paper where analytics are used and then likely outcomes are derived, then I'll probably get a good grade. And I got pretty good grades at Harvard because they want to get me out of there. All right. That's why. So joining us now from Cambridge, Massachusetts, is Graham Allison. He's the uh, Douglas Dillon Professor of Government at the Kennedy School at Harvard and the former dean, as I mentioned. All right. That's a pretty good buildup. So don't let us down here.
1: OK. Uh, thank you, Bill. But just one thing you got wrong. We were proud to have you as a student. <laughs> we were <laughs> proud of you as a graduate. Thank and you. I'm proud to say you were a graduate.
0: Thank you. That's very kind of you, Dean. Uh, Likely outcome for Putin. How are you guys seeing it?
1: Well, uh, the first thing to say about what's going on is that we should all take a deep breath and realize that we're members of an audience in a theater of war. We usually think about theaters of war in military terms as if that was a geographical domain. But I think the metaphor is powerful as we watch images flashing across our screens and hear the clashing of symbols to know that while on the one hand, there really are bombs and bullets killing people on the battlefield. At the same time, all the parties, uh, the Russians, the Ukrainians, indeed the Americans are engaged in an intense information war. And the superstar that's emerged in this interestingly is President Zelensky who actually has taken information warfare to an entirely new level. I think he's been brilliant at this. Uh, Partly he's taking advantage of his previous career, uh, but he has risen to the occasion. But what this means is that for us, as we're trying to observe what's going on, is that we should uh, have a degree of skepticism. Uh, We should know the things that we know about wars for the last, many centuries. First, uh, we know that war is thick with fog. that's almost impossible to impenetrate. We know that truth is the first casualty of war. As Churchill said, it's so precious, it has to be wrapped in a bodyguard of lies. We know that as Klauswitz taught us, that there's huge friction that occurs when perfect plans are translated into operations. We know that the first report we hear is almost always wrong. So I think if we start there, we have to accept that we have a degree of uh, humility about the ability to understand where this may end. I, 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 so I, that's what I wrote about last week. Start with the theater. That does not mean that we can't try to infer or can find some signals in the noise. At this stage, it's very clear that uh, the Russian military forces underperformed in a way that is uh, surprised and required for them to regroup and refocus. It's clear, surprisingly, that the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainian people have shown themselves to be so courageous and so uh, determined to resist. So that's been very impressive it's clear that uh, Zelensky has actually emerged as the statesman of the hour. And basically I would say the most impressive of the statesmen that we're watching on the international stage, uh, both in terms of the strategy, but also in terms of the the showmanship. All right, let me stop you there. Where this is gonna end, I don't know.
0: And I have some specific Putin questions. In my mind and from what I'm analyzing, Putin is responsible solely for the war. doesn't look like the Russian people want it or the um, government in Moscow. It's him. He wants it. He's responsible. Yes or no?
1: Yes. Okay. Not 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 100%, but 90%. Yeah.
0: All right. He's got to have the military generals go along with it. But the military generals weren't going in pounding a table going, hey, we got to take Ukraine. I don't believe they were. Okay. Number two. Putin now is isolated, and he's never going to come back into polite society. He'll never be welcomed anywhere in the Western world. Yes or no? Yes, 95%. Okay. Third, there is a chance because of these sanctions that the Russian people themselves will be so harmed, and we're talking basic food, fuel, quality of life, that they will rise up against Putin. What are the odds?
1: Well, let me make it more complicated. I would say uh, possible, but given the extent of the Russian security services, uh, basically they can tolerate a great deal of discontent in the population. But where, where I would strongly agree with you is that as the people, the influentials in the governing class, the military, the security, the oligarchs, and others see that basically they are getting tarred by Putin's uh, uh, atrocities,
0: Am- and they're going to get
1: they're going to get canceled from the world as well. Yeah, their yeah, fortunes Russia's gonna be in Switzerland, their, their fortunes in Switzerland or in England or wherever have now been jeopardized. The chance for their kids to go to school at Kenyon. That's going to happen. So the hope would be that eventually they look and they say, this bastard is ruining the future of the country that we care about, and they'll find a way to deal with them. Okay.
0: But that's going to take a little while.
1: Now... One of the things we know is that these just they're trying to predict when a coup or uh, an assassination happens. I mean, that's a fool's errand. We just know that the conditions are right, that normal people
0: could conclude that. Right. Putin can't go out on a bike ride. Okay. Final Putin question now. Putin's rationale for invading Ukraine was he didn't want a threat on his Western border. Didn't want a NATO threat or any sympathy. Now he's got five times as much threat as NATO moves in troops, arms, everything into Poland, the Baltic countries. So everything that Putin does or has done in this has worked against him. I don't see one positive
1: for Putin. Do you see one? I agree with you completely. If you had had designed a program for discrediting the things that, or for, for losing the things that he says he cares about, First, not having threats on his border. Excuse me, he's done more to reawaken NATO than anybody could conceivably have done. Yeah. He's the only person that's gotten Germans to start rearming, to move to 2% of defense. That's one of his nightmares, but he succeeded in doing that. He's the only person that has uh, gotten people to look at his regime and see what an evil regime it is. All right, let me stop you. So un- if you un- were at he the Kennedy come. I'd school, say he's, he's losing, losing and losing. Yeah.
0: Of course, there's not one positive coming out of this for Putin. Let's go to China. So she, it seems to me, and you're much more in tune to this than I am, is now going back. So in the beginning, he was, well, they were my best partner. We're going to be partnering up. We're going to do all kinds of deals. And they did a coal deal for all your, your global warming warriors. Um, Soviet Union's going to send coal, lots of coal, to China who's building new coal plants in order to befoul the whole planet. Now, she has got to know it ain't going well for Putin. Though so I don't
1: think he's going to throw in with Putin. Am I right or wrong? I would say wrong. Uh, so you may have seen the piece I wrote a couple of weeks ago, before, the, as the war just started, and there's a Washington bet. The question is, will she have Putin's back in this war? And to try to make this vivid to some friends in the administration, I said, well, let me provide for you the briefing chart that she's uh, staff will have presented him as he's thinking about whether to throw in his lot with Putin on the one hand with the invasion or alternatively to oppose the invasion. Uh, and i gave the reasons why he might think this is to his advantage and the reason to china's advantage and the reason why he might think it's to china's disadvantage so i start with the fundamentals there and i can take you through those if you want no, but the I main thing it is the more time, yeah. the, more time yeah. the us the more time the us and the world is focused on russia and europe the more time it's not thinking about china and all he really wants from the US is to be left alone.
0: Okay, so turmoil works in favor of China, but certainly economic turmoil does not because it's an export economy. And Biden well, and the uh, depends, West made it depends. clear- right. Go
1: ahead. The question is whether the disruption to, of the economy for China will cause more pain for China, then the disruption of the economy for the U.S. creates for Biden, uh, and uh, the disruption for Europe creates for Europe. So the question is, is this lose-lose, yes, but can I lose less than you lose, or can I afford to lose? better than you can afford to lose. So you can? She is going to stay with
0: with Biden, uh,
1: with I think think all the evidence so far is, now he will do everything he can do cosmetically to make this uh, confusing. And he will call for ceasefire peace, let's do this, let's do that. So he'll try to soften because this is so contradictory to the fundamental principles of international order that he keeps preaching which include sovereignty and territorial integrity. So you can't make that.
0: Yeah, but but you know those guys. But I'll tell you what, Professor, we got to let you go, but made it harder for China to invade Taiwan because the world has come together against Putin. So we really appreciate it. good news. Yeah, and we'll have you back, I hope. And uh, thank you for taking the time. I know how busy you are. And I think everybody in my audience all over the world got a lot out of that conversation. So thanks again, Dean. We'll see you soon. Thank you. by using promo code bill at checkout so please go to fastgrowingtrees.com use promo code bill at checkout i want to get into something that is going to get a lot worse quickly and that is the border and that is the subject of this evening's talking points memo i have to tell you it's inexplicable why a president of the united states would invoke an open border policy now the biden administration will deny it but The numbers are staggering, and I just want to give you the latest stats. We've just got these in. So last year, 2021, ICE, that is the enforcement arm of the federal government on illegal immigration, issued 46 percent fewer detainers to local and state law enforcement agencies than it had the year before. 46 percent. Now, what is a detainer? Come back to me for a moment, please. A detainer is basically a warrant that says to the local and state authorities, you have to hold this person in confinement and we will pick that person up and take jurisdiction over that undocumented person because the state and locals have arrested the person in the commission of a crime. All right, they weren't convicted, but just the arrest... Gives the federal government the power to detain. 46% fewer in a year. And there aren't fewer crimes. Keep that in mind. Secondly, you put this back up on the screen. ICE arrested 48% fewer convicted criminal aliens than the year prior. 48%. Now, the year prior was Trump. And finally, ICE deported 63%. Fewer undocumented criminals, 63%. Why? What is this? I just, and you can't get an answer from the Department of Homeland Security or the president. Now, you'll remember way back in, um, let me get the exact date here, July 1st, 2015, 32-year-old Kate Steinley was shot and killed while walking with her father in San Francisco. The guy who killed her is Jose Garcia Zarate, who was deported five times and had a warrant out for a six deportation when he shot that girl, dead. Okay? So I drew up Kate's law, a journalist me. I drew it up. Okay, and it said if you are an illegal alien and you come back to America after being deported, okay, and you have a felony on your sheet here, you get a minimum five years for coming back in a federal penitentiary. Reasonable? I think it is. Well, you know who killed it? Mitch McConnell wouldn't put it up for a vote in the senate had the votes would have passed wouldn't do it why because i wrote it he admitted that well oh, i'm not gonna let o'reilly write legislation well then you write it you write it then mr mcconnell now we don't have it so that you can brutalize people in the united states Be deported on taxpayer money. Come back as many times as you want. And you don't get any punishment from the federal government. Does that make sense to you? So Biden has put this on steroids, on absolute steroids. And now the Department of Homeland Security tells us this week they're gearing up for another flood of migrants into the USA this spring. And there are 30,000 of them already gathered in Guatemala, about to make the trek up here. What's Biden going to do about it? Nothing. So the prediction is 2 million undocumented people will have encounters with U.S. Border Patrol agents this fiscal year. 2 million. And you know what? Another 2 million just got in and the Border Patrol didn't even see them. And tons of narcotics. Which is why hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying from overdoses. There is no interdiction on the border because the Border Patrol is overwhelmed with migrants. Biden doing anything about it? Biden talking about it? White House press corps asking him about it? No. What a GD disgrace. I'm sorry. I have to be this adamant about this. There's no excuse. There are not two sides to the story. You either enforce immigration law or you don't. And the president of the United States is not for no reason. He hasn't given a reason. Now, if the Republicans win the House and the Senate in November, which is likely, Biden could easily be impeached on this. Convicted? Probably not. Republicans aren't going to control two-thirds of the Senate. But this is one of the biggest derelictions of duty I have seen. And, you know, I'm a historian. You know, I know what the others did. Nobody has done this. And yet silence from the corporate media. Awful. Okay, now uh, we have a story that is not being reported anywhere, but it's an important story. I think you should know about it. So there is a man named David Delighton. You may have heard that name. He's 33 years old and um, he is a pro-life advocate. He investigates Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers and tries to get damning evidence against them. So David and a colleague named Susan Merritt, okay, sometimes pose as um, certain people in order to get access into Planned Parenthood and other organizations. Now, in investigative reporting, that is done. Not often, I've done it. I did it uh, while reporting a story in the Bahamas about a prison that was brutalizing inmates. So I posed as somebody I wasn't. It's a legitimate journalistic tool, but you've got to be very, very careful in using it, okay? particularly if you're on tape and and you're having conversations. Well, anyway, David uh, Daleiden has been charged in a number of states with criminal um, activity. But I want to zero in on one of uh, the situations, and that is in California. Okay, so the people of the state of California versus David Daleiden, and um, this is a case where Daleiden is charged with 15 felony counts for secretly recording 14 people affiliated with Planned Parenthood and conspiring to invade their privacy, so the state of California alleges, okay? Um, And this took place from 2014 to 15, in San Francisco, L.A., and El Dorado. Now, the trial is about to commence, and one of the lawyers representing David Daleiden is Peter Breen, and he is from the Thomas More Society, which is based in Chicago. They represent people they feel are being unfairly uh, targeted by states and other people. And Counselor Breen joins us now from the Windy City. So the trial is set to go ahead when? Do you have a date? Well,
2: currently our date is May 16th, and so we're, we're frantically preparing, you know, doing the last minute prep. Uh, we've got pretrial motions that are going forward. Uh, but this is a, a monumental trial that will be commencing very shortly in San Francisco, which is a tough place for folks who are uh, pro-life or conservative uh, to have their cases heard.
0: Okay, so the rest of the media is pretty much ignoring this, Correct.
2: That is part of the issue. Uh, We've seen numerous uh, undercover investigations over the years that get a lot of media attention. And certainly when these videos came out, uh, there was a great splash. This was in the middle of 2015. It actually impacted the 2016 presidential elections. But since then, the media has really put a cover on this. And so this prosecution, uh, which was started by Kamala Harris, Javier Becerra continued it. And now the current attorney general of California uh, has not stopped it. Uh, you know, that's that's where we are right now, trying to get attention from the public uh, to to stop this injustice.
0: Now, one of the reasons it hasn't been thrown out, because uh, you did get charges dismissed on another case in Texas. Uh, but one of the uh, reasons this has not been thrown out is that the state says, alleges, that the video that was edited by Mr. Uh, Daleiden, um was not what really happened. Do you have a defense for that?
2: So here's the thing. The actual charge in California is solely the taping. The publication is not supposed to be part of the criminal uh, decision. The decision. No, to charge I, know, I
0: know that, but you know, the right. mindset here, if everything right. that David said was true and provably true, it would be easier to throw the case out. Well, and, and
2: this is what we're saying. The first amendment protects him totally. From the government trying to say, well, we don't like the way you edited your videos. So Kamala Harris, for instance, had a press conference with a bunch of animal rights activists, which took video undercover in more private settings than anything David ever attempted. And, you know, she had a press conference with them, didn't charge them and others uh, throughout recent California history. Uh, plenty so that'll of people be that... part of
0: your defense that this is a selective prosecution. We should remind everybody that the most damning thing that uh, Mr. Deliden found out was that elements in the pro-choice abortion industry were harvesting parts, body parts from fetuses and selling them. That was pretty much the headline. Am I correct?
2: Yes, that that's the you know if you recall from back then there was Planned Parenthood sells baby parts was the boy right. they were uh, the hashtag on Twitter, the Orange County District Attorney even so in California, he took David's videos and used them to prosecute civilly a a fetal tissue business uh, that was a partner of Planned Parenthood, uh, drove them out of the state had a multi million dollar settlement with them and an admission uh, you know that that caused using, them to shut using down using
0: David's so. uh, video as a piece of evidence correct.
2: Uh, Yes. And and we're we're seeking. He is now the he's a former district attorney. He's retired now. We want to bring him into court to testify to the good
0: results. Absolutely. Um, So it sounds like you have a fairly strong case. But as you mentioned, you're in San Francisco, the most liberal town in the USA. And it's easier for liberal organizations like The New York Times versus Sarah Palin um, to win or not get uh, lose big damages because of the prevailing justice mindset. Do you believe you're going to get a fair trial in San Francisco?
2: Well, we have a great team put together. We're we're using every tool in the book. I, I'll, I'll tell you, I am uh, you know, I'm an Illinois lawyer, but uh, in California, they're very defendant friendly which I know is uh, maybe a source of uh, consternation for conservative folks or more uh, ju- law and justice types. Uh, but for, for us in this case, we're taking advantage of those defense uh, protections. We're doing everything we can. You know, The problem is you are going to have a jury pool that is not pro-life, that it is not friendly to conservative folks. Uh, and so we're going to have to overcome that. But I will say David taped in public locations in California. He actually taped in private offices in other states, but he was very careful in California to tape only in public locations, much more public than other undercover journalists who you might see on the evening news in California go into. So we hope we either win at trial or win on appeal.
0: Yeah, appeal is probably the most uh, attractive option that you have, but I hope you win too. and I, I want to tell everybody that, uh, for full disclosure, the Thomas Moore Society, of which Mr. Brain is a part, uh, advertises on BillOReilly.com, and we appreciate that very much. You know, it's interesting, Counselor, they came to me when Thomas Moore approached us to advertise, because we don't take a lot of advocacy ads uh, on BillOReilly.com. And I okayed it because I don't think that the pro-life lobby, if you will, movement gets a fair shot at all to get their message out. And I did it for that reason that I want, I want everybody to have a level playing field. And so, um, I wanted to tell all the folks that will, uh, you keep us posted on the trial, uh, Mr. Breen, we would appreciate that very much. Hey, thank you, Bill.
2: Absolutely. And remember, these rights are not just for pro-life, but they're for whatever your cause is. It's fighting corrupt politicians, animal rights, everything. We've got to protect the practice of undercover journalism and our First Amendment rights.
0: Okay. Um, interesting uh, case. And I, uh, you know, as I explained, I don't want to be in the business of advocacy. That's not the business that Bill O'Reilly.com news organization is in. But sometimes the scale is so tilted that I've got to do it. January 20th, 2021, Inauguration Day. Okay, executive order that uh, Joe Biden signs and it stops development of the XL pipeline, boom, stops drilling and harvesting on all federal land, including Alaska. Boom, done. And sends a signal we're going to crush the fossil fuel industry. That happened first day. Also happened first day, Secretarial Order 3395, 60-day suspension of all drilling permits on federal land. Okay? Too much. You couldn't do a thing. All right? November 15, 2021, the Build Back Better Act, which did not pass, but sent a signal that you're never again, fossil fuel industry, energy industry, going to be allowed to drill in the Arctic or anywhere else like that. Even though we, ha- we know we have tremendous reserves up there, you, you can't get them. And then finally, December 13th, 2021, Executive Order 14057 says that by the year 250, um, 65% reduction in greenhouse gases will have to occur. So that's coal. That's fracking. I mean, geez, Biden basically said, say, we're going to put you out of business. That's what happened. All right. So... According to Salary Finance, Inc., it's another think tank, they did a survey. Three thousand Americans. All right. And they did individuals and businesses. Here are their findings. Number one percent of employees who run out of money between paychecks. All right. Twenty percent right now of workers run out of money before they get paid. Last year. Under Biden, it was 15 percent. You can see people run out of money. Percentages said rising price of consumer dues has impacted them. Seventy six percent. If you earn less than fifty five thousand, it's eighty four percent. Of course, it's going to be impact you unless you don't care and you have so much money, it doesn't matter. Lack of savings this is a key. OK, 68 percent of Americans say they don't have any savings for Ameri- uh, Emergencies. Sixty-eight percent don't have any savings. Thirty-three percent of workers don't have a thousand dollars on hand. Forty-nine percent of black workers don't have a thousand dollars. Half. Thirty-four percent of Hispanic workers don't have a thousand dollars. Twenty-six percent of white don't have a thousand dollars. And 49% of American workers, all right, have had to take from their savings accounts, 401ks, whatever, and you got to pay tax on that money, okay, to support themselves in this time of inflation. That's it. Democrats can't win in November. Can't. Now, black Americans, if you're still going to vote for Democrats because you are their main block vote, African Americans, you're still going to do it? Almost self-destructive for you. Okay. Now, on the job, never happens in my world. I run three corporations now. Doesn't happen because I'm, I think, a fairly, not nice, that wouldn't be the right word, but fair. I'm a fair man, all right? But if you come to work stoned or drunk, there is no second chance for you. That's it you're gone because it's a responsibility that you have. I'm paying you, you gotta come and do your job. You can't be stoned or drunk. Now, do I drug test? I don't because most of my employees are working remote. So I'm not gonna barge into their house, but there have been over the last five years and when I built up this empire, there have been people who I knew were inebriated and they're not working for us anymore. Okay, so this last year, The percentage of working Americans testing positive for illegal narcotics on the job hit a two-decade high, about 5%, because many corporations, they drug test. All right, so 5% of people working were stoned mostly on marijuana. Now, I don't have booze stats, but I assume it's the same, maybe more, for booze. Now, this is according to Quest. Diagnostics, they're the company that does much of this. So in addition to not having any money, the workers, the little money they have, they're buying pot and booze. And they're drinking and getting stolen and coming to work. Whoa. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall Two six five five three two.
3: 18 plus
0: so this this bothers me this this story bothers me because I used to teach high school as many of you know and so in the state of Florida they passed a law that has been branded don't say gay or right don't say gay bill and it tells teachers you can't indoctrinate children ages 5 to 9 about gender fluidity or any of that because the kids can't understand it they can't process that. seven-year-olds can't even process spaghetti okay Oh, walt disney corporate oh no 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 and again we did it yesterday so i'm going to update it so bob Chapic or Chapic He's a CEO. He took Iger's place. There he is. is. Bob. He's very woke, Bob, not woke enough to drop prices at Disney World and Disneyland so that maybe. Poor families and working class families could actually go to the parks. No, he's not going to do that. But he's telling DeSantis, hey, we don't like this law, which is a good law. Um, we don't like it. Now, there's no meeting set up. I'm going to cover that meeting. We don't have a date for it. But DeSantis says he's going to give Chapik the meeting. In the meantime, here's Jen Saki on the issue. Go. A bill that would uh, discriminate against
2: families, against kids, um, put these kids in a position of not getting the support they need um, at a time where that's exactly what they need is
0: discriminatory. It's uh, a form of bullying. Um, it is horrific. It's not discriminatory. It is common sense. You don't bring little kids into the gender fluidity world. You don't do that, madam. Awful. Awful. Now, She did say one thing that's true. Bullying is out of control in the nation's schools. So along with this bill that Florida is going to have, pass it to law, there should be an anti-bullying bill where every school in the state of Florida is required to teach classes about bullying. Okay?
3: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: So here's the final thought of the day. I don't talk a lot about Fox News because I worked there for uh, more than 20 years. And I had a great experience there until the end. And, you know, it happens in life. And I'm not the type of guy that, that carries around a grudge um, like that. OK, so Fox remains the number one rated cable news network by far. And I believe it's part of it. Most of it is because we set the template for 20 years when we were there. T- totally different operation now. Totally different. So one thing that hasn't changed over there is Jennifer Griffin, who is a spectacular Pentagon reporter. And Jennifer got a little upset over the weekend. Go. And before we get started, I just
2: heard your last guess, and I feel like I need to correct some of the things that Colonel Doug McGregor just said, because, and I'm not sure 10 minutes is enough time to do so, because there were so many distortions in what he just said, and talking about the West and NATO vilifying Putin, and sounding like an apologist for Putin, and talking about how Putin, he thinks he knows how far Putin wants to go. I don't think anyone that I've spoken to uh, here at the Pentagon or elsewhere in uh, West intelligence believes they know how
0: far Putin wants to go. Well, kudos to Jennifer. Now, why I'm running that clip is not only to show you how gutsy she is, all right, is that it used to be that propagandists would be slapped down hard. And now they're not, not just on Fox, but on every television news program. I mean, I've told you this time and time and time again. I turn on that set. It doesn't matter whether it's the network morning shows, the late night comedians, the cable news across the board, two left, one right. Propaganda is just spit out there and and the people running the shows are just sitting there going like this. Ah, You can't do that. That's a disservice to the American people. You've got to know enough. About the subject that you are involved with as an anchor or a host, that if somebody says something that's propagandistic, you challenge. And that is what Jennifer Griffin was doing. She listened to the interview, says it's a bunch of garbage. But why was it allowed to go out in the first place? That never happened on the O'Reilly Factor, ever. I mean, just Google me and any name, throw a name in there, and you'll see it. I never allowed that. Difference of opinion? Fine. Propaganda? Never. Google O'Reilly Barney Frank. Just watch that. I had to send a message to former Congressman Frank and everybody who supported him when he lied on my program right in your face. And I did. You'd never see that today, ever, because, number one, the hosts and the anchors are too afraid to do that because the corporations don't back them. Boom, you create controversy, you're gone. Okay, there are a few who don't fit in there, a few who get strong ratings who say what they want, but a very few. And the second is, you got to know what you're doing. You gotta research. I mean, even on the No Spin News, this broadcast, my people, and they're good. Okay, they spend most of the day giving me research, backing up. And if I don't think it's credible, I throw it out. That's gone. Just why I, why are you guys wasting your time watching this stuff? You know, I'm looking out for you. I get letters every day that craziest conspiracy stuff. Well, I heard though, I heard that and I'm going, "What?" It's everywhere. It's cheap and easy, it makes money. And that's the truth. But not Jennifer Griffin. You see her? She will back up what she says with facts. Thanks for watching It's been News and listening to us on the radio. We'll see you again tomorrow.